Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week, we're joined by Gina Bloom. She's a transgender femme comic from New York who produces a monthly queer comedy showcase called Queernacopia at the historic Duplex Lounge. Now, she lived most of her life being perceived male and was very sad and tried to be an artist but couldn't quite get what she wanted to say together, so... She became an engineer and a services architect and is now focused on bringing more women into tech. She started working the comedy scene in New York only two years ago, but three years ago, after starting her transition, she discovered that in spite of initially thinking sex wasn't all that great, she's actually a huge slut after all. Yes, welcome. Yes. Hi, yes, huge slut, absolutely. Huge (laughs) slut. Well, okay, from the get-go, what does that mean to you? Hugest Oh, that means I, I like, I like having sex. I really do. Um, and I'm not, I want to say, let's see if I can say this the right way. I have my taste, but they're pretty broad, you know, boys, certainly women, certainly uh, sometimes. And like, but it's more about the connection. Um, I have found that I, I just really like having sex with a lot of different people if they're cool. And, and that's what they gotta be. They gotta be cool. Like, there's, you know, no assholes allowed. That's it. Except if, if you're playing cool, with an asshole. <laughs> it, yes. Literal assholes are good. Yes, literal. Figurative, <laughs> figurative, like metaphorical okay, assholes. Assholes a no go. <laughs> Absolutely. Buttholes, yes. That we uh, we do not like assholes, but holes are are good. Assholes, no. One question I have for you, even in reading the bio, is we've had a couple of um, trans identifying folks on the podcast, and some yeah. some people say I don't like to be referred to as trans, like I am a woman or I am a man, because that's how they see themselves. Do you feel like you like sure. to include trans femme, or do you just say I'm a woman? I mean, I'm a woman. Um, I, I think transgender is is like an adjective. Mm. It's like saying that I'm a tall woman or mm-hmm. I I'm a, a funny woman. I I think that transgender describes the type of woman that I am. Doesn't make me different as a woman. It just means that this is a woman that has these experiences, and and I'm happy to have had them. They're they're mine, and they made me who I am. So why wouldn't I want to tell people that? This is where I come from. Yeah. When do you think you you knew that you are a woman? Oh, very early. Um, like before, like I could even really even conceptualize it. Like I remember when I was a kid, like maybe seven or six years old, and uh, we were in Catholic church, and like the all the women and the and the young girls were coming out from the pews, and they would curtsy. As they left, mm-hmm. and the men would bow, and I just instinctively curtsied to my my parents' horror, um, and they did not like that at all. But like it felt right to me at mm. the time to do that, um, and I didn't even know what what uh, what transgender was. Like I didn't even realize that that is an option for a person to feel. Mm. Um, you just were being you. You're just it, like that yeah. is the. I was. Just, that's what I am. Yeah. 
that's what I am. And, you know, and in puberty, I started to figure it out like more specifically. Mm -hmm. Like I was like watching like music videos and like not getting the same messages that my, my little dude friends were getting. I was more about like, you know, this girl has a pretty outfit. I wonder what her life is like. And if I, if I dressed like that, my, my life could be like that too. It wasn't so much that, you know, she's, she's hot and I wanted, I want to do like sexual things to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started like figuring it out. And this is before the internet. So it was like a lot of time at the library, just like looking for scraps of information, um, to figure out who I was. Yeah. I've- how, how did you go about finding that information? What kind of info was out there and, and how did you process it? I lived in um, Bloomington, Indiana, when I was was a kid, and this is the this is the uh, the hometown for Indiana University, which is the hometown for the Kinsey Institute mm-hmm. for oh. sexual research. So, um, weirdly, there was a lot of sexual research material just floating around the city. There was a bunch in my in like my junior high school library. There was like just a bunch of academic papers that got stashed in there. That's so probably cool. from like yeah, it was really interesting because like it's a college town and it's specifically a college town that has a lot of sex research going on. Um, so it just that information just sort of floated around and it ended up in like the reference section in like these plain bound paper bound things. It didn't look like anything that any any normal 12-year-old or 13-year-old would want to be into, but they certainly looked like something I wanted to read. That sounds and pretty progressive sort of in comparison to your, like, Catholic church times. Progressive compared to the rest of the city, because, you know, this is also southern Indiana. This is, like, this is the next town over is where the Ku Klux Klan was formed. So, like, there is, like, there's a huge, like, dichotomy in that part of, in that part of the state where you can go you know, 10 miles and be in like the most intolerant part of the country. And then 10 miles, you can be in like this information. Indiana for like sexual research. Indiana is the state of Mike Pence. Absolutely. And the state of a lot bigger homophobes than Mike Pence. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if you're in Bloomington or, or, you know, wherever a big university is, you're kind of safe to some degree from that from that influence. So how, what I'm so curious about that I work through with a lot of clients is how you've gotten to this happier place that you're in now. Like how did you come from a a place of sadness and sort of hitting rock bottom in your life to then feeling like you could be you and now being a comic and performing in front of lots of people? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not, it was, it wasn't like a one-time thing. Of course. I, you know, I, I, I had a journey. Um, I was, I was in a dark place in about 2013, 2014. Yeah. And I entered into therapy and I learned, uh, DBT, dialectical behavior therapy Mm -hmm. as a way to like deal with, um, what I was going through. It's not something that is typically prescribed to a person that you know has my clinical stuff going on but my therapist thought I could get something out of it just based on my personality and you know you kind of have to like be very mindful and you and you actually go through like paperwork sheets and you you learn to identify your emotions and through the course of that I 
learn to identify like where my transgender feelings were really were. Mm. Um, because you have to, that's how, that's how it works. But I didn't have the opportunity to, to transition at that time, not for another couple of years. But I knew that once I was free of these negative influences in my life, I was in a bad relationship. I was living in another part of the country in Tennessee that wasn't progressive in a way that I wanted to be um, who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew that when I had the opportunity to, to do that, when I got this job in New York City, that I would be ready to go. And within within like two months of moving to New York, I'd already started hormones. I had already integrated myself into like the local transgender community. Mm. And I was not going to wait any longer at that point. And I would imagine like you kind of told us before our interview that like the desire to maybe want to experiment with yourself or experiment with other people sexually must have felt so uncomfortable if you were dealing with your body and parts of your body that didn't feel right. Yeah. 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 What were your sexual experiences like as a, as a teenager and even as an adult pre-transition, especially? Anything pre-transition was, was really like, was really anxiety inducing. It Mm -hmm. didn't matter if that person that I was with was male or female or, or not identifying either way, it didn't really matter what their deal was. It wasn't about my attraction to them. My attraction to to bodies has always been pretty broad. It's the fact that my own body didn't feel right. I, I was constantly like having like this sense of feedback from my body all the time because it was not formed correctly. didn't look correctly. It didn't feel correct. I, I couldn't ever get out of my own head because everything felt weird and to be and to enjoy sex, you really have to commit and to sort of like let go of all of your other like things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do that. And I think actually Laura Jane Grace um, from Against Me says almost the same thing. She says that before her transition, she said it was like I was floating above my body all the time. And Mm -hmm. it's very similar. Like you feel alien to your body and it's almost impossible to enjoy the touch of a human being when you don't feel comfortable in the body that you're in. So was this kind of any physical touch or are we talking more about things like intercourse specifically? It was like intercourse specifically. I mean, I've always been like a hugger. I've always been affectionate with like, Mm. you know, showing like physical affection with people. I've always wanted to like be close to other human beings. Um, It's just that sex was weird to me and I wanted to have it. I, I felt a lot of sexual desire, but when the deal came down and like people were getting naked, I just, I knew I couldn't perform. I knew that mm. my mind would start to drift. I knew that my body wouldn't react correctly. And I knew that the person that I was with would think it was them. Like I, that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest anxiety mm. of all was that day. They like, if it was a girl, she'd be like, oh, you must be gay. You can't, you can't get it up. Or if it was with a guy, then be like, oh, you must be straight. You can't get it up. And it didn't matter either way. Um, I, I just, I couldn't get out of my head. There were a few occasions where like, I was like cross-dressing or something like that, where I mm. came close to feeling like the way a person who enjoys sex feels, but it always felt like, I was still playing pretend, so it never quite made it. Like, I, I didn't fully commit wow. to being myself, so it, it was still not satisfying. It was better, but not satisfying. 
Well, I guess I'm just wondering specifically, and was was the issue with sex as you were trying to have it uh, an issue of, or was there any element of this is not the role that I want to be doing in sex? Like if you were having sex with a man, if you were bottoming, was it easier to be comfortable or was it uh, uncomfortable More just all around in your because body. of you being in your body? I mean, it was a little easier to be a bottom um, because then like, then there's no really anxiety for my body to perform in any way, in any mm. way. Like if I'm getting fucked, mm-hmm. then it doesn't really matter if I'm not able to like get hard either. Um, so there was like a psychological relief, like, oh, I'm getting railed. Cool. I, I can, I can, I can go in my head and be like, I'm actually a woman enjoying this. Mm. And, yeah. and it'll feel better. But the problem was, is that then I just felt really disconnected to the person I was having sex with. And like, if a guy was having sex with me and I was going into like this, like this, you know, fog in my head where I'm, where I'm trying to be this other person at the same time of actually interacting. Yeah. He'd be like, like, where did you go? Like, like you, you like disappeared while we were having sex. And then he would feel that mm. again, that he wasn't like doing it for me sexually. So it was better, but like still not great. Like I still, you still found yourself I like dissociating had, a little bit. I still found myself dissociating. Absolutely. Um, it was just, I didn't have the anxiety of not being able to perform physically. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, it was, it was better, but not great. Uh, and that was like, I felt like I was, I was like 65% gay because of that. And like, it really in the end didn't matter. It was just about me. Um, and my body. And so how were you able to finally get to a place where you wanted to do some type of transition? And and I would love to hear about what that transition looked like. Like we only, I feel like folks who don't know yeah. about this only get it from maybe like pop culture things that they've seen and like how accurate are those? Mm. I mean, probably not too accurate. I mean, there's, it's better now uh, in the past couple of years. And, now a, and have, a, new, like, a place like New York. And things like that. And a place like New York, yeah. What was great about New York is that after having lived in like Florida and Indiana and Tennessee um, and having grown up, you know, in a less progressive time, I was delighted to learn that New York was an informed consent state for for gender uh, transition hormones, which means that I didn't have to get a doctor's uh, note or anything like that. I didn't have to go through six months or a year of therapy. I didn't have to do any of the things that trans people had historically had to do and that trans people still have to do in Mm. states where informed consent isn't the standard. Um, All I had to do was go to the, to the clinic um, that gives out the hormones in New York city is called Calamord. And all you have to do is be like, I am transgender. Take me seriously. And they'll be like, yes, you are. We take you seriously. Here are your hormones because no one on the fucking planet would choose to be trans if they're not trans. It's so dumb that that conservatives think that we have any control over this. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's something that we think. Well, I'm. I'd sure like to like throw my life in a fucking toilet for like the rest of my life and you know be unsafe and just so I can you know wear dresses. No, that's stupid. Like yeah. you, if if you didn't feel like you had to do it, you wouldn't do it. And that's mm. 
and the informed consent states understand that like we're smart people we we know we know ourselves very well so is no so letter is no letter required just to get the hormones from Callan Lord or do you need a letter if you're going to go through any sort of surgery so you're going you need the letters to go through surgery mm-hmm. and it's not particularly onerous there either like it like before you had to live for a year before they would even consider you for it yeah you do need like a, like six months of hormone therapy just to prove that your body can handle it. You do need, you know, at least some nominal proof that you're a mentally stable person that can handle surgery. Mm. Um, and that you're not having some sort of like schizoid type reaction where, you know, your perception of reality is, is, is inaccurate. It's, it's not, I don't think it's anything that's too controversial. Like you can, it, it takes a while to get acclimated to being trans anyway. I mean, I, th- I think not gonna it's... You're going to wake up. I think it's important, yeah, too, to, like, differentiate that transitioning for each person maybe looks differently and that just because you decide yeah, not definitely. to transition in any way doesn't mean you're not trans. So I, it seems like there's a, a push yeah. in the new wave, like, uh, queer trans movement that you don't need to change anything about your body to to be trans and to be your identity. So I'm wondering like, what does transition mean to you? I mean, transition means to me, I haven't had any surgeries for that matter. I've had um, like, I've had a couple like cosmetic surgeries done to my face that are temporary. Like I had injectables basically. Mm -hmm. I have not had, you know, GRS. I have not had, um, I've not had breast implants yet. Uh, I will in, in, in January. Ooh. But, um, what are you getting? Yeah, I'm very excited. Oh, you know, that's not how it works. They, they, um, they say we're gonna, I'm going to end up somewhere in like a 36C, 36D range. Ooh. Um, it's based on, well, it's because I'm tall and like, you know, you have, the boobs have to match the body. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'9, I'm 145 pounds. So I, I have to have, I have to have boobs that, that match my chest. So that's um, a good point is like, like how five, much creativity are you able to have and request? Or is it really just like what your body is capable of? Like, because huh. Simone was saying like, well, what did you get? And it sounds yeah. like there's some limitations as to maybe what you want versus what's possible. Oh, um, well, I, I mean, we're no different than any like woman getting breast implants. If we want giant implants, we can go pay for them. But you could yeah. have small that's, ones or you can't. You can have small ones, Yeah. Got it. I'm all, I'm personally all about like the appropriateness of it because mm. I, that's just how I am. I'm, I'm a very exacting person. That's why I'm a good engineer. Mm. Um, so it's like, I have, I want, I want boobs that look like my body grew them. Yeah. That makes sense. And grew them well. And like, and like, they're not like undersized, but they're, but they, they're also not like, where did those come from? Like that's, I want on the top end of like what the average woman in my size range would have. That makes sense. So how was it when you started taking hormones? Like what were some of the first changes you noticed physically and emotionally? And, you know, just to like, just to reiterate, cause I don't want to, I don't want this to get lost. I take hormones. Other trans people don't take hormones. It doesn't mean that they're not transgender. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. I, I know we'd mentioned that, but I wanted to circle back on that. Before no, I thank that you for, for reaffirming that. Totally. Which is, I think, important yeah. for any any person listening, but especially for clinicians and, 
and people who are yeah. healthcare providers of any kind for trans identifying people right, because right. I think there are these assumptions of like, oh, you're trans, like when are you going to get when are you going to transition? When are you going to get surgery? Mm-hmm. And that that's not when are you an assumed get hormones? thing, yeah, right. that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird though. When I started the hormones, I um, I didn't feel a lot of like mental side effects at first. I physical side effects, yes, started to come in. My my skin softened. Um, I started to like. I didn't grow body hair very quickly, and I just sort of became more naturally feminine. I didn't feel a lot at first until about three months into it. And I noticed um, that after a while, I stopped being competitive with people. I stopped being jealous. Uh, as a living as a male, I I was jealous of like my friends mm. and of their successes. And I would feel bad if they did something that was close to what I wanted to do and, and were more successful at it because then I would feel like a failure. Um, and I didn't feel that. I felt, and I don't know if that's the hormones or if that's just the sum total of my of my life experience or the fact that I feel like there's an element. My body of, was congruous. Yeah, there's probably an element of all of that. Yeah, I, I also think that there's probably, probably an element of being able to res, to release all of the shit that society puts on you when they yeah. perceive you as a male, like toxic masculinity yeah, yeah. as it's placed onto men encourages this like. I mean, and competitiveness, right? And I think that like oh, women yeah. can be competitive. Like I'm a I'm a very competitive woman, but it doesn't come from <laughs> yeah, um, toxic masculinity. It comes from narcissism, but that's different. Um, that's very different. Yes, I know plenty of female narcissists. That's, that's, <laughs> and a lot of them, and a or lot I don't of them know if it's did narcissism. We're just like knowing that I'm better than everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly what a narcissist would say. <laughs> could be a could be a bit of both. Um, um, yeah, but so I think that's, that's so interesting how how once I don't know if it's if it's like a mental um, having made the decision to like finally release this um, what is it what is it sorry if this is a a, ba- a dumb question what is it called yeah. when you know you're trans but still choose to um, perf- like be perceived as a male or like be per- perceived in a in a way that society would assume? Yeah. Um, like kind of the equivalent of like if you're gay you're but you have about. a beard. Yeah. Um, well, so... I guess just not so out. So basically maybe. there's... Yeah, there's... So the, the term stealth is like, can be used in two different ways in the trans community. Stealth meaning that you're, you're transitioning but you're still presenting in your traditional in your traditional like gender presentation until you're ready to come out. Mm -hmm. And then you have what's known as an unveiling. And if there's one thing that transgender people know how to do is inject words with a lot of drama into their (laughs) lives. You have this, you have this unveiling where like you're slowly coming out um, to your friends and to your family. And then like finally to your workplace typically is how it works. And that's how it worked with me. Mm -hmm. That's how my unveiling worked. Uh, Or you'll sometimes hear Unveiling, yes. Um, funny enough, the the word apocalypse means unveiling. Um, I don't know if that is relevant, but there you go. Um, but also stealth can mean that um, you're a trans woman that presents very feminine and you don't identify publicly as trans. So it, it that's a term that gets used somewhat liberally in the trans community. 
Um, in talking about this, I can like obviously hear and feel the the seriousness and the gravity of your entire journey. And you're a comic now. And so how much of this do you yeah. bring up in your comedy routines? I mean, I bring it all up in my comedy routines. I, I, I'm very open about my experience um, as, as a woman now. It's pretty much like my thing, comedically speaking. Um, and it's not like I, I don't have to travel very far to get to these jokes. Like I, most of my act is just basically stuff that I've taken from, from my sex life and I've just like cranked it up a little bit. Um, I don't want to hear your act per yeah. se, but I want to hear some stuff about your sex life. That's a good story. Truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like I have found, um, I am very desirable to, to straight couples. And I think this is wonderful. Like personally. as a unicorn. Yeah, as a unicorn. Yes, I am the unicorniest unicorn <laughs> in New York City. I I am just nailing couples right and left. They love me, and I'm fine with that. Like it's great. Like I'm not attached to anyone right now. Uh huh. What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Like, do you think they're looking specifically for a trans person, or they meet you and then they happen to find out that you're trans? Oh, I'm very I'm very open about being trans, um, and I think there's a lot of that where people are like I've always been curious about that sort of thing. And a lot of trans people get, get offended when they're an object of curiosity, but mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's, it's benign curiosity. I don't think they're like, I want to bone this freak. I, I think right. they're like, I think this could be, I think this could be beautiful. This is, this is a person that is different from anyone else that I've ever been with. And I want to see what she's all about and see what it's like to be with her. And I think that's wonderful. I have yeah. the best time with couples. Um, I'd love to be with a, with a male, male couple, by the way, if there are any out there, please give me a ring. Yes. But they've been mostly, we'll give your contact info at the end. They've been mostly straight couples. Yeah. I, I have to throw, it's, it's a, it's a, it's on my bucket list. Do you think that's that because, threesome. that's yeah, because if yeah. they're identifying as potentially gay, that they see you as too feminine? Oh yeah, probably. I think that's a big thing. Oh, um, I didn't even think, think about that. that. Yeah. I think that there are like bi male couples out there that are, you know, into it. Um, in fact, I've heard from them. They're just, they're rare. They're, they're, they're my unicorns. They're the true unicorns. The, <laughs> we'll let you know if we find they're, some. They're the unicorns, unicorn. Yes, please. I thank think you. I know some in LA. Let me, let me do some research for you, Kim. <laughs> yes, please. I'm on it. I get to LA often. Oh, do I'll you? I'll be in LA next month, I think. So, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I, I use that in my act though. And like, I, I, I often start my set with this joke about this this guy that I was having sex with him in his apartment and then he yells to his Amazon Echo, he yells out, Alexa, play the Eagles. And and then the Eagles start playing and it ruins the sex. Oh hold on, my God. Oh my god, my Alexa, fucking... your Alexa just turned on. <laughs> your Alexa just turned on. Alexa stop. I'll have to not say that word. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if your name is Alexa and you have an Alexa? Okay, so she who shall not be named that was requested bitch. to play yes. the Eagles. Yes. She who's always listening. She's always listening. So anyway, that bitch that lives inside my Amazon Echo who just interrupted our conversation <laughs> with the fucking Eagles, so no less. That was not the song that he tried to fuck me to. He he tried to fuck me to Hotel California. I don't know what that shit was, but it was definitely the Eagles. Um, 
But yeah, so he fucked me to the Eagles, and I was like, you have to turn that off. This is so fucking distracting. Please stop it. Why? What's wrong with and the I, Eagles? I, I, do you like the Eagles, or you don't find them sexy? Because they're not, you cannot fuck to the Eagles. You cannot be fucked <laughs> to Hotel California. It does not happen. That. The one song I do well, like it for fucking, I, I don't think I've fucked to it, but the one song I could imagine fucking to is that song, One of These Nights. I don't know. I feel like uh, you could well, you suck guys are in California. to Hotel California. I'm like thinking about, you know, just like bobbing. Someone's yeah. practicing. So you just have to like turn yeah. around and start <laughs> sucking his dick. It's like, it's like if you're going to play Hotel California, this is a Felicio. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's seven minutes, which is about as much time as I want a dick in my mouth. Anyway. <laughs> if he has it come in seven minutes, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm uncomfortable at that point. Like my jaw is hurting. So oh, there you go. Got to protect from that you TMJ. You can suck dick. Yes, you can suck dick to. Thank you, you guys. You can suck dick to Hotel California. But you, you cannot fuck. fuck to okay, Hotel fine. California. Noted. <laughs> so that's you. But you have you have you have given me a counterpoint to my to my most famous joke. So I'm thank sorry. You. I'm I will. Okay, so, you just ruined no, everything. I'm so fine. sorry. It's fine. So no, he's it's, fucking I love you. It. To- I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking you to Hotel fucking California. To the if Eagles. you if you use that as like a, yes. as a in your act, you got to give me credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I will. I'll I'll, I'll tell. A, I'll tell a secondary joke about that. But the thing is, is that 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 story, the actual story of that joke is that that's actually a couple I was with. And it was, you know, a male-female couple. And he yells out for that bitch, uh, again, I won't name her, <laughs> to play classic rock. Mm-hmm. Play classic rock, he says. And and then it plays the Eagles. And then and then his girlfriend was like, ugh. Dude, you gotta like shut that off. You gotta, you gotta change that. And I'm like, yes, you got. This is not working. But I don't, I don't put like the, I don't put the other girl in, in the joke because it becomes too complicated. Mm-hmm. But I, I have definitely used my sex life as like an inspiration. Um, I'm working on this new joke right now where I, I was in, I was at a festival in Madison, Wisconsin, and I was invited. Like I got, I got super liked by a guy on Tinder within like minutes of, of my arrival at my hotel. This is real. And he invites me to an orgy after my show. And then when I get done with my show and I want to go to his orgy, because what else am I going to do? It's, you know, Madison. You're in Madison, Wisconsin. He, uh, <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin orgies. It's the best orgies in Wisconsin, I hear. But, um, <laughs> but then he uninvites me. He uninvites me to the orgy. And then he, like, unmatches me on Tinder. And I lose you know, the ability to go to the orgy. And I felt terrible about it. Um, so I'm working on a new joke about that, where all of that becomes, um, you know, a, a much more economical story. And it, it ties into this other thing that happened on the way back where... What do you think he unmatched I you for? Was, was that a, a trans thing or something else? Oh, he knew I was trans. Mm. He knew I was trans. I, I want to say, to be fair, I want to say it's probably like something personal in his life. I, I don't think he was... I don't really think he was rejecting me, um, saying that I was no longer hot enough for his Wisconsin orgy. But in the joke, I you're do. like, I'm a fancy joke, New York bitch. It. I'm gonna rule this. Yeah, Wisconsin like, I'm, a, I'm a ten in Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, these these fucking Wisconsin orgy fans should be 
happy to have me. Absolutely. I was hoping that um, I was hoping that he had already given you the address to the orgy so you could still show up because like it's a fucking orgy and like yeah. how many Yeah. Oh my god, I would have done that. I would have definitely crashed the orgy if, if I had known where it was. Okay, but anyway, you're trying to tell um, us this joke you're working on which ties into a second story of what yeah. happened on the way home from Matt, from orgyless so, Madison, Wisconsin. So so I did not go to the orgy. And so what I did do is I went the next day, it was my last day in Wisconsin, I went out and I had cheese curds because I, I love sampling the local cuisine. Same! And then I got on my, yeah, it's wonderful. Like, <sighs> I, I love it. Like, anytime I go to someplace that has like a unique regional yes, dish, yes, I have yes. to have it. So, so oh. I went and I got the cheese curds and they were great and I ate too much of them and then... I got on my flight maybe an hour later and I got so sick because of turbulence that I threw up on the plane and I threw up my cheese curds and like it hit the guy next to me <laughs> and he's like, and he's like this and he's like, this girl just threw up on the plane to the, to the, um, to the stewardess. And I felt like, Oh my God, that was so nice of him to call me a girl, even though I like vomited all over the place. That means I, That's the means part you're I'm, focusing on. You're like, yes, I'm looking. Yeah. That means it means I'm really pretty is yeah. what that means. It's like, I'm a really pretty lady. Like he's like, <laughs> like the most unfeminine thing you can do is to vomit in public. And like, I, and like, he's like, Oh yeah, ma'am. She just vomited all over this plane. Now in the joke, I'm like, this dumb bitch just vomited all over the plane. And like, I, I make him into like this misogynist. Um, and like, basically the, the joke is that the, by getting rejected by the orgy, I felt less like a woman until I got called a dumb bitch yeah. by that's the funny. guy on the plane. Um, yeah. So that's the joke part of it. But you know, the real life is like, he was actually very nice to me. Right. Still. So that brings me, I'm, I, do you still get misgendered? <laughs> No, I fit pretty well. Um, it kind of sucks um, for one reason in that I have I have a lot of friends that are not like femininely like bodied like I am. I'm I'm a little tall for a woman, but I'm not absurdly tall. I'm five foot nine. It's, it's a little tall, but like it's there's not this huge. fear about passive uh, passability passing. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's the fishiness right. aspect, as as RuPaul would say. Uh, and I'm pretty fishy. Uh, all of all of my comics friends say that. There's one there's one comic that is fairly uh, big in the in the New York comedy scene. Um, he calls me Gina Fish. He's he's a gay guy, and he's like he's like you're you're the you're the fishiest bitch I know. And what I'm does like, that Thank mean? You, That's she is, like, is passing as a woman, so it's often used in. Like- He's passing as a woman. Okay, got it. Yeah, and, and like in the, in the drag community, it's it's neither here nor there because they're not really they're not really judging you sometimes on your on your realness right. as as they used to say. It's more about like your your like your theatricality. Mm-hmm. Um, so fishiness is 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 something you can aspire to, but it's not necessarily what you what the drag people want. But for me, I like being fishy. Um, but it sucks in the sense that I have a lot of very nice friends that are transgender and they're living in New York city and, and they're not getting the respect that I get. They're not getting the, they're not getting the same doors being open. They're not, they're not getting accepted the same, like 
generosity than I am. Mm. And bad, th- bad things happen to them that don't happen to me. And, it, and it's a really weird position to be in when like the, the trans girl next to me is getting beat up um, and getting things thrown at her and getting misgendered mm. and getting like all this negative treatment even today and, and in liberal New York City. Right. And I'm not. And it's, I mean, I don't want to complain because that's, I'm not getting the bad experience, but I am getting this weird, like, this weird experience that I'm getting treated better because of an accident. Like it's yeah. almost like a, sur- like a survivor, getting- a survivor guilt or just your naming yeah. a privilege. Yeah. It's like a survivor's guilt. Yeah. Exactly. Like I have passing privilege. So like, because my mother was Filipino and uh, my You're dad petite. was white, I have mm-hmm. like, I'm petite. Yeah. And I have like these fine features and I have, mm-hmm. and I have skin that is like, already kind of feminine. I have small hands, like things you wouldn't even think about. My my hands are small. That's probably why the highest rates of um, aggression and and homicide against trans people are um, black trans femmes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because of the passability. So if you see someone who you can't gender that looks like tall with masculine features, those are the folks that often get preyed upon the most. Yeah. Those are the people, the people that stick out the most get preyed upon the most. And plus, you know, just the fact that, that black people, queer are, people are in general. Systematically more. Yeah, the, the intersection. The yeah, they get, yeah, they get victim, they get victimized at a higher rate. For sure. Um, so it is a little weird that I, that I'm at the top of the bottom of the heap in like, a, yeah. in a weird way. And, and it's, it is a little, it, there is like a lot of survivor's guilt there. Absolutely. Has it, has it always been like that? Or is this, or is this, uh, the, your stealth, as you said, um, yeah. uh, subsequent to your hormone therapy? I had a long period where I, my only outlet for, for being perceived feminine was on the internet. Got I it. would basically dress up, put on makeup and then take pictures of myself. Okay. And I guess what I'm I tra- had... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I guess what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to ask you, and I know you obviously are not a representative of all trans women. Yeah, um, is that something that I, as a as a cis person, like don't necessarily know what the best reaction is, um, and that's when I fuck up and misgender someone, and yeah, with yeah. with increasing trans visibility, um, I just I, I feel like it's an important. Thing that I have to, that I feel like it's my responsibility to uh, a be prepared for and and just right. be able to be like, oh, sorry, yes, and just move on. But I guess yeah, and I, I think and I, think I try that- to do a good job, and I, I I think I tend to not fuck up. But sometimes I even get anxious about asking for somebody's pronouns because I don't want them to think that you're questioning them. That no, I'm questioning I know. it. I know. I know. I totally get that. I think I think you'll find that most transgender people are really understanding of honest mistakes. We we get a lot of we get a lot of shitty treatment from people who are not making honest mistakes. I think you'll find that if you if you are making your best effort to treat us with the respect that you feel every human being should have, then we'll be we'll be understanding if you slip up on a pronoun, like the first time you talk to someone, especially if they're, if they're identifying as Mm non-binary and if you're not sure and you ask politely, like, how do you identify? 
I think you'll find that most of the trans people are happy to answer that question. On the other hand, there's assholes everywhere. Plenty of assholes in the trans community. You may find that someone just wants to be upset. Mm-hmm. 99% of us don't want to be upset. Well, I'm you imagining it's coming from a place of, of pain, too, that it just is a reminder that like yeah. you're not passing yeah. and that that feels really painful. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. And that does. And But those people that feel that way are also understanding of honest mistakes, is what I'm right. saying. But there are there are just bitches out there that will just be a bitch. And if you if you encounter one, don't feel like that's the pattern that is going to be established from now on. Just keep being cool. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep being woke. Keep being open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking you of, may speaking encounter of someone who's just not a nice person. That's true. Yeah. There's shitty people everywhere. And speaking of passability, um, in something that you sent us, you said that you actually went to somebody in New York who yes. can mentor yeah. trans women and help you style yourself in a way that feels comfortable and yeah, good. Yeah, I was really yeah. interested in that. I would love to hear about that experience and you know what that was like. Yeah. So, so if you if you Google me, you'll you'll find like the first thing that comes up is my experience with this woman, Monica. Um, her service, she's a cis woman. She's, she's young. She, she's a young millennial and she tends to work with financially successful older trans women because it's, it's not free. Mm -hmm. Um, and she teaches us how to dress and how to like, how to comport ourselves and things like that. It's a complicated thing. It's great that she's able to do that, but there's a lot of layers to this onion. It's, it's all based on financial privilege. You, she doesn't do this for free. Um, and it's based on like a weird sort of like anti-feminist thing that she recognizes too. That's that you kind have of to what I, pretty. yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what was yeah. making me a little itchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we, we recognize that it's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, because she's teaching you how to be feminine in like a way that women have always been feminine, but She's only teaching you how to like find yourself. She's more of a life coach than anything else. It, it sounds like she's teaching you how to like do your makeup and how to sit and things like that. But that's just, that's just the frosting. The cake is getting yourself comfortable with who you are. So it's already all that other stuff. Like it's already in you and she's just helping you, um, find that. She's just helping you get comfortable with it. Right. She's taking you out into the world because. Yeah, absolutely. She's taking out into the world to like be a woman. She's, so you didn't have like a leg crossing day and a nail painting day. Oh, we. I mean, I definitely had stuff like that. I definitely <laughs> have had you know training to like make up for the fact that I didn't. Because you had that. You had that when you were like twelve. You had all of that stuff. This is not. This is not yeah. anything that most women haven't been through when like their adolescence. It's just we got to it late. Something I've but encountered. Does this exist? Oh, really quick. Something I've encountered with a lot of um, yeah. trans clients um, of mine, especially I mean all trans clients, but for trans femme clients that I've had, is this yeah. um, intense anger and grieving process over having missed out yeah. on those normal opportunities. So like you said, there might be things that yeah. we took for granted, like Absolutely. when our mom first took us to get our nails done, or our mom was like, help me with this in the right. kitchen, or our mom was like, let me do your hair. Right. Like, you didn't have those experiences. And so it's like, no, there's lost time to be made up for if you really wish you had that. Yeah. I didn't step foot inside of Claire's until three years ago. 
Thank to get goodness. my ears pierced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I know for you, it's like, oh, that place is a fucking pit. No, Absolutely no, I, not. it's actually but, like, really you know, fucking exciting. No, but I think that's, a, I think what you just said, Simone, is like a thing of privilege that yes. there are trans women out there I know that would have yeah. loved to be able to just go to Claire's and get their ears pierced. Yeah. And like, you're like, yeah. you have a choice to Definitely. be like, that place sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But like, but like with Monica, she, she, taught me how to be comfortable with being a woman. She got me caught up on the stuff I didn't know. She taught me how to be comfortable with a woman. And then she just pushed me out the door and told me to, you know, fly. What was some of the most surprising things that you didn't know? That you were like, oh, that. Yeah. I mean, there's like a bunch of like little like tricks and stuff and how to get your makeup to look right. I think that, um, I think the stuff that really surprised me the most is that after she pushed me out the door, I became a person that I didn't think I would ever be. I became kind of a hippie. I, um, I started gravitating toward like this, this like sensibility and it was reflected in the way that I dress and reflected in the way that I act where I became very motherly and still slutty, but like mother slutty, if, if that makes sense without being too creepy about it. It's like, it's like a little bit of a free people vibe. Um, what was that? She said, there's nothing creepy about mother slut. <laughs> oh, yeah. I No, I don't think so either. But like, but like, it's kind of like, it's like that was, I'm, I'm an, I'm an anthropology type woman, but with, you know, the, the skirts hiked up. Um, ah. I'm, I'm sexually free. A little bit of Phoebe Buffet going on. I don't know. I, I don't know how. I, I was not that person. Yes, when I, I love Phoebe Absolutely Buffet. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm a little bit of Phoebe Buffet. I didn't expect I didn't expect to become a Phoebe. I always thought I was a Monica. Ah. And I became a I became a Phoebe Buffet in the end. That's very, awesome though. She she is actually the best though. Not that Phoebe's like I any less so. feminine or girly. I think that's like by cultural maybe standards or whatever, but do you feel like initially you thought you had to be like overly girly to compensate and then you were able to actually like I don't know rest into no, I, what I you wanted it wasn't really like it wasn't really like a feeling i think that i just i was like a, i was like a kid in a candy store at first i was like i want to be as feminine as i possibly can because i haven't had the chance to be that and that is not uncommon among trans women that are first out they we tend to be like we tend to really overdo it at first um but then like after i sort of calmed down and i just became i just my vibe settled into my, into my life. I found that, and it's not just how I dress, but it's how I act. And it's how I interact with my friends. Like I never expected to be this like warm motherly person that like solves people's problems and is huggy and, and like is, you know, tries to like mentor people. I did not ever in my male life, want to be that. I didn't huh. ever expect to be that. So now you're a mother, but you're also a... That's a really pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yes. But yes. so you're a mother I'm now. A, I'm a mother that likes to fuck. But yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we were, would love to hear as we start to wrap up before, like what your sex looks yeah. like. Oh, my sex life. Um... I was in a relationship with a cis woman. Uh, she was a somewhat mask presenting lesbian. We were together for about a year. Uh, after that relationship went 
uh, away, I I've been very casual. I've had a I've had a few like relationships that have gone like a couple of months here and there. It's been mostly men, and it's been really great. Have the hormones um, affected recent- um, uh, penile performance? They did actually, um, and I I went to my doctor and I said, you know, I've been experimenting with cis women and I've been experimenting with men that, you know, want to be, want to enjoy my body as it is. Is there anything I can do about it? And he prescribed me like Cialis. Huh. He's like, you can take this stuff. Like, like anyone with a penis, you can take this stuff and it'll work for you and it will not make you less than a woman. It will not affect your body in any other way, except that it will allow you to perform sexually in a way that, you can't without it. And the really great thing is, is that because when I was living as a male, I couldn't enjoy my body in that way mentally. And I couldn't enjoy it physically because of the hormones. Only within the past two months have I ever been able to put my penis inside a person's body and enjoy Ooh. the way that it feels. Wow. This is exciting. Like, yeah. This is like, like the first time that this has happened. I love it. And what I really love about it, and I was a little worried, is that I don't feel unfeminine for it. And they don't make me feel unfeminine for it. Yeah. The women, the men that, that enjoy my body don't treat me like a man when I am doing that to them. Or when they are doing things to me that involve that part of my body. When, when they're playing with my dick. I'm still a girl. And, like, this is yeah. wonderful. This is, like, this is everything that I've been wanting to have. I've been wanting to be the person that I, on the outside that I was on the inside. And I wanted to have a sex life that I could enjoy. And finally, halfway through my life and only in the last couple of months has that happened. How would you describe what it felt like the first time you put your dick in someone? Cause I feel like oh, I'm getting really to weird. ask like, like a, like, um, yeah. like a teenager, you know, who like just had sex for the first time. Like, I, I just want to know. Oh, it was really weird. This is, a, this, this is, this is a fun story. I haven't, this is so new. I haven't been able to make it, I haven't been able to tell it yet. I was on my couch. I had a couple over male, female, and the girl was like hopped on to my lap and like getting me excited and I was getting hard. And he was like trying to, interject and she was getting so excited that she just like hopped on the dick and started riding it and he's just and like so we're so she's we're fucking basically in front of this guy and he's completely useless to this conversation at that point to this interaction (laughs) he's just sitting on the couch on the other end of the couch just like waiting for his turn and we just enjoy each other and it's wonderful and she comes and i come and he's like well, that was great, you guys. And like, this is like drinking a beer on the couch and feeling totally left out. And like, I, and he's, he was such a sweetheart and I did take care of him. But like, my first sexual experience was I also got to cuck a dude. And like, that was so fun. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. How many people that. get to have that overlap? Like, my first uh, penetration experience was cuckolding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How right, right. Starting at the top. Exactly. I felt very empowered. That was fun. Do you have advice for partners? Totally do that again. Do you have advice for partners or like sexual partners out there of trans women? Like you said, you feel like your partners have really 
still treated you in a very feminine way and maybe looked at you and touched you in that way, do you think that's just because they're woke and really see you? Yeah. Or is there yeah. something that like I, partners I'm, can do to be wary of that so that they're not being, yeah, insensitive or not helpful? I'm I'm a bit of a slut, but I do have standards. And if I get a vibe from someone that they're not going to treat me the way I want to be treated, then I generally do not have sex with that person. Um, I'm fortunate, though. I am in a very queer-friendly part of the country. Yeah. Uh, in a very queer-friendly part of New York City, in fact. Like, this part of Brooklyn is the, probably the gayest part of Brooklyn, which is, like, probably the gayest part of the country. Um, so there's people out here that have been, you know, open with their sexuality for for as long as they've been sexually active. Like, there are, like, people in their 20s and 30s living in New York City that have had decades of experience mm-hmm. of being queer and, and you know, open-minded. If, if that's not your experience, then it can be. It's really not a big deal. If you've been with women that have vaginas and you want to be with a woman that has a penis, just treat her the same way. You want to suck her dick, she'll, she'll love it most likely. Not all of us do. Mm-hmm. Make sure that she's the kind that do. But if she is, and if you treat her and you make her feel pretty while you're going down on that big dick, she will fucking love you for it. You just have to like, you just have to keep in mind, you just have to keep her in mind that she is a desired woman, regardless of what's going on, you know, below her waist. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you will have a really fulfilling sexual experience, and she will too. This is a total, I'm completely understanding what you mean by mother slut right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thank just, you. That is my, that's my vibe. Just like the, the, the care a, and thoughtfulness in your voice combined, combined with the, yeah, the, the suck, the, I don't know. Yeah, I no, just, I'm, I'm like excited hearing all these stories. I know, I'm like very, yeah. I'm like, really that, awesome. sounds that sounds fun. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. That sounds really awesome. That sounds like, not only fun, but just like awesome. I don't know. Well, I think you're really cool. I try. <laughs> no, I I'm, think you guys are really cool too. I think you guys are great. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I know that you're in a profession um, that is primarily male-dominated um, as an engineer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly. As an engineer and as a comic. Yeah, as an engineer and as a comic. And yeah. um, I just wonder what Absolutely. kind of stigma you have faced as a woman and a trans woman um, in some of those spaces and, and how you deal with that. Yeah, so there there has been some. It has it actually hasn't been a lot, to be quite honest. Well, that's I, great I, I, if there's quick, not I've a lot. I've only been in comedy for two years. I, there's not, and I, I, it is great. I've only been in comedy for like two years, and I've, I've quickly found like, a place for, for me in the community mm-hmm. um, faster than I thought. At work, it's fine. Um, tech is actually a pretty good place to be transgender, to be honest. If you, if you have to, like, well, there's a lot of trans people, uh, a lot of trans women especially, that work in tech because it's, because it's, it's mostly about your work. Like, you're, you tend to work alone. Um, and, like, people who are in tech tend to already have like a lot of experience around queer people because tech is basically based out of like Boston, San Francisco. So like these are communities where like the management has already had, you know, a lot of experience with like trans people. Right. It's a lot better than like, say working at like a warehouse or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it does kind of go back to what we talked about earlier in, in that I do have like, a, I am pretty feminine and, and like, it's weirdly encouraging how it's weird. It's weird how people are so encouraging when a feminine trans person enters the office versus mm. someone who is not as, as feminine. Like I get to be brave and beautiful and someone else might just get to be brave and that's a weird double standard and, and I profit from it, which, yeah. you know, what a powerful thing to say, which, yeah, well, I mean, well, that's the reality of it. It's because um, it's because we're scared. Like we like, yeah, yeah. Like as a society. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't mean this like people, no, I know what you mean. like society you mean. is threatened when norms are threatened. And so yeah, I look, you are less I look like what a woman is expected to look like. Yes, exactly. You're less challenging. Like, which makes me understand. So, which makes me so angry because when I think of fear, I think of trans yeah. people who are fearing for their physical safety and their lives. Yeah. yeah. As Not fear yeah. of like, like oh, eroding I'm norms. You're going to offend me. Am I not? Like people are fearing for their lives out there. Like this is not, you know, know. not a joke. I know. So that's like. Absolutely. I don't want to say that like there's a fear hierarchy, but it's like. I don't know. Right. That just seems yeah, like such a strange but thing. But there is, though. There is, there's, there's Maslow's hierarchy. If you're afraid for your life, you can't be afraid for your, like, your, like, church values. Or which party do I go to? Life, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, like, they, yeah. My friends that have a harder time, you know, integrating, they're no less beautiful. They're no less brave. But because they you know, they have a sharper chin or they have broader shoulders. They don't get, they don't get the same opportunity. Yeah. And that, that is a little, that is a little like, that's a little shitty um, to see that. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. That's hard because it's such a boon for you. Yeah. But at the same time, I could see how that I know. would be I know. really I know. weighty to bear. Well, we we appreciate you like calling out the privilege and yeah. sharing your own experience with us. Um, and we want Thank people you, you to guys. be able to find you and to follow your work. Um, how can people find you? Whether it's um, a, a male couple trying to hook up or whether they want to <laughs> check out your comedy. If you want to find my comedy, or if you're in a male male couple and you want to try a trans woman, and you happen to be in the New York City area, or you're or from, LA. or you're in LA, in at the end of September, uh, please follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Hey Gina Bloom. Um, I'll be expecting those double dicks uh, pretty soon. <laughs> we'll keep our eyes peeled. And again, if you want to follow what we're doing here Thank at, you. at Sluts and Scholars, um, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or send us your questions at Sluts and Scholars at Gmail. Sluts and Bye! Bye. Thank you.